Welcome out to Domesticated Savages Podcast. In this episode, our episode number four, we're going to go over our celebrity encounters that we've had while patrolling, also some of them in our normal lives. Get ready, strap in, and listen to this episode. Strap in, strap on, let's roll. Let's roll. Today, we've got Jake hosting your podcast here. I've also got with me my homie Jeremy. What's up, Jeremy? Hey, yo. What's What's up? up? And I've got a special guest because today we don't have Fitz. Right, Jeremy? tragically passed away. He's dead. He gone. So no more Fitz. I know there's going to be a few of you out there that mourn his loss. Cry about it. Get over it because we've got a better special guest in here today. We've got Joss. Hi. How you doing, Joss? Great. Good. So, Joss, introduce yourself a little bit, just so if, you know, the listeners want to know more about you, they can know more about you. Hey, I'm Joss. I'm not a cop. Not a cop. Well, but, um, but you are savage. Yeah. She's a savage. That's a fact. Absolutely. I'm a savage. So. I live with her. She's a savage. That's me. I'm Joss, and I'm a savage. She's a cop wife, which in the future, we're going to bring more of that to you guys. Yes. We're going to do some Lady Savages episodes. It's a episodes. different type of savage. Lady Savages. Absolutely. Lady Savages episodes. Kind of delving into the lives of the ladies who live with some of these officers and whatnot. So sneak peek into Joss, what she does. She's going to give us some commentary here. Tell us a little bit of some, some of her stories. And, uh, you know, kind of be our research guru on some of the details that we need. You listeners out there, we're going to have more of these types of things where we're going to invite people on. We're going to have more guests on, more interviews here in the future, just to kind of spice things up. So be prepared for that. More stories and more perspectives. So that's coming to you starting today. Full disclosure, Fitz ain't dead. We got the replacement. We're uh, we're good to go. Um, to, me, to me, he's dead. <laughs> Fitz, if you're listening, fuck you. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, the theme for tonight is going to be celebrity encounters. And granted, you know, us being police officers, uh, working in a major metropolitan city, we've had, you know, our fair share of celebrity encounters. I think, Jeremy, you've got probably, you know, just because of the things you've worked and the where you've been, you've probably had the most. Working the venues and seeing the peoples and doing the things with the peoples at the venues. I think you probably have the most celebrity encounters of probably pretty much anybody I know. So why don't you uh, start us off here? Tell us, tell us one of your stories, one of your tales from one of your encounters with a celebrity. One of the best ones was a Mr. Louis Ferrigno. Ah, uh, yes. One of my favorite right here. He is the original Hulk. And actually, he's this, I'm pretty sure, and if you check me and I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure he's the descendant of a police officer. His dad was a police officer, I'm pretty sure, back in New York. And I'll, you know, I'll take that at face value. Absolutely. Also, Mr. Ferrigno is, if I'm recalling correctly, he, is a, he has uh, worked as a collateral or deputy sheriff for a number of years. Hmm, that's uh, cool. Due to his upbringing. And so if you know him, he's worked in a ton of movies. Um, obviously, one of the bigger ones was he played TV's The Hulk back in the day. and He played in a series where it was the Incredible Hulk yes. on television where he was the, when when the, the character turned into the Hulk, he was actually he was the Hulk. painted green painted and green, rampaged around as jeans. the Hulk. Yes. Yes. 
And that was a dope ass series. I before that, he got his up. start um, bodybuilding. Oh and yeah, there's several Mr. documentaries. Olympia. Yes, where he would um, compete with some well-known characters. Arnold, yeah. I believe, was one that of was them. Mm-hmm. But he got his start. He was a bodybuilder. Um, so very big guy. Very large. And so when I when I had a chance to meet him, he was still in very good shape. Um, How kept old it, was he? About? Kept it tight. He probably had to be in his late fifties at this time, maybe sixties. Yeah. But still kept it tight. Yeah, that's good. And I have a picture, um, us together with my partner, and he was still. Hey, maybe we'll post that up on the site. We could do. Would that. you be down for that? Yeah. Yo, we'll we'll put that up on. Uh, we'll we'll definitely put it up on the site. We'll put it up on Instagram. We'll put it up on Facebook. You guys check that out. Jeremy with the Hulk. So he's in town for a convention, and there's a lot of people roaming around. A lot of celebrities roaming around, and. Um, we had given him a, a couple patches and, and a couple things. That's a big thing among police officers is trading patches. So, you know, you can have patches from different municipalities yeah. and and different agencies. It's it's a kind of a collector's thing. And so we gave him a couple. And uh, and he was a very salt of the earth, very nice guy. And so kind of going along this convention that there was a lot of celebrities, we stopped by. Hey, you know, everything's good. You need anything? And he said, Hey. I, I'd like to go to the bathroom. Can you show me where the bathroom is? In this uh, event that he was at, there was probably, I don't know, ten to 15,000 people and a lot of celebrities. So I, by myself, I take him and I walk across the the event space and take him and say, Here, here's the bathroom. And, you know, just pointing it out. And he says, hey, you go too. If you're in that situation, if the Hulk tells you to go to the bathroom, you go. Yeah. You don't, you don't question You don't want him to Hulk out on no. you. No. No. So I'm like, okay, I can, I can go. So we go, and it's the standard male bathroom. They've got stalls with the dividers in between, uh, you know, the urinals with the, the dividers urine, in between. Right. Yeah. And so we go up, and I, you know, saddle up next to the Hulk, and I go to the bathroom. Then afterwards, you know, we get done, we wash our hands, and we walk out. And one of my partners who I had been working with at this event uh, happened to see me and Mr. Ferrigno coming out of the bathroom, and he comes up to us and he says, "Hey, Jeremy, I've been looking for you. Where you been?" And before I could get a word out, Mr. Ferrigno says, "We were in the bathroom making out." <laughs> Nonchalant, just very cool. No and, shit. But yeah, my partner looks at me like, "Hey, is that real?" And I said, "If the Hulk says it, it's real. Yeah, you don't question that." Um, but it, it, you know, we all had a laugh, and like I said, he ended up being—he was a very nice guy you know obviously being in tons of uh, tv shows and movies still very down to earth and one of the one of the better celebrity encounters i've had in my life was he you know as tall as build you know build yeah. advertising oh yeah in the picture six five six six yeah that's six what he, four that's six what, five that's yeah he listed as in the uh the mr olympias because that's a big yeah. time avid you know mr i still love mm-hmm. mr olympia yep. i still follow that and pay attention to it so, you know, those were some pretty intense competitions that he was part of. Yeah. You know, he won Mr. Olympia. So, yeah, he was a very... I remember there's a documentary very tall yeah, guy. There's a documentary out there where he's competing against the reigning champ, uh, Arnold. Um, and I believe he's... I think he's like in his early 20s at yeah. this time. Oh, he was pretty young at the time, yeah. Very sure. young. Yeah. And he This had, is like mid-early 80s, early mid-80s, or late 70s. I thought it was 70s. Maybe it might have been late 70s, yeah. But for his age, and I mean, like I said, he was a beast yeah. uh, size-wise and very well composed. But even, you know, 
like you said, I think he got to start working out with his dad at police gyms because I think I'm pretty sure his dad was a New York City cop hmm. and got it. You know, that's how he got to start. But, you know, you, you look at celebrities and they are kind of adorned and they're very much consumed by the public. And so you, I, I, I could see how it's easy for them to get that hard shell, like another fan coming up. Like, hey, I love you. Oh, yeah. Great. Thanks. Whatever. Right. Just kind of jaded. Very jaded. Yes, that's the that's the correct word. Jaded. But he was very, very down to earth. Very nice guy. Hmm. Um, that's cool. And like I said, you know, he to keep that to keep that through the years. Yeah, that's tough to do. And and, get on him for doing that. And I'm pretty sure you know you you guys can snopes me or Wikipedia, but I'm pretty sure he has snopes. <laughs> oh my! He God. is a certified uh, deputy in in a couple different areas, and he has worked as a law enforcement officer in a couple different areas. Yeah, that's cool. That's so, cool. but it was very cool. That interaction was very cool. Do you think when he goes out on patrol, he paints himself green? You know, I hope he does because <laughs> you see that. And like I said, when I met him, he was still very much in shape, worked out all the time. I mean. How long ago was that, by the way? What year is it now? 2022? <laughs> yeah, 2022. Good Lord. Uh, that was probably five or six years ago. Huh. One of the other ones that stands out is a gentleman by the name of Sir Patrick Stewart. Um, for those of you who don't know, you know, he was very involved in Star Trek. Yeah. Captain Picard, bro. I'm, I'm pe- people may not know. Yeah, for sure. But I'm for, letting them know. For the younger generation, he has voiced I'm many characters Googling. on American Dad and the Family Guy. I'm Googling him. Oh yeah, I know him. Yeah. <laughs> so he was coming to town for an event and I got, was able to be on his security detail very close and uh, he was very nice, very cordial. Um, and again, at this at this point in his life, he's probably in his late sixties, early seventies. How tall is this guy? I'm always sorry for you listeners out there. I'm always super interested in celebrity heights because I feel like they super embellish. Oh yeah, their freaking heights. Well, They're I googled like, him. Do you want to know? Let's see if Jocelyn says what you think is laid on. Agrees. I'm Go. thinking. Are I'm you thinking five eight, five nine. I I would imagine five eight five nine maybe five seven says five ten five ten we is he close. five ten is he five ten no nah I would probably put him at closer to five eight yeah exactly but again and you have to think I'm six five yeah, yeah. Jake you're six, six five you're like six six homie you're but you're six, two, two or six three, three. Or somewhere in that region so we're taller and again I mean at this point he's very old I mean older you know yeah, like I said. Yeah. Late sixties, early seventies, decrepit a little bit. Yeah, he was very. He His was spines vibrant. Kind of no, he was he was vibrant. <laughs> so too many freaking beam me up, Scotties. This was the first instance where I realized that celebrities of of I guess you would say this caliber are not normal people. Okay, because they have been so coddled and their lives have been so planned oh, out and dictated geez. and surrounded by yes men. Yes, and. It was uh, it was eye opening to me. So I'm with my partner, and again, he looks like Ryan Reynolds, just a stunning, gorgeous man. Um, when he walks into a room, ovaries drop. Oh my! No cap. I think I need to Google him when he was young. Hold on. No, my partner. No, oh, okay. Google his partner. partner. I was like, wait. When he walks into a room, ovaries drop. He's talking about Corey, right? Yeah. Yeah, Corey. Corey reached out to me. He thanked you for the shout out on the first podcast. You don't have to do it again. I'm not bold. This is this is legit. Sir Ryan, we Reynolds. all understand. Corey is good looking. So, 
we get tasked with his security and Amy's going to fight you, by the way. I think Amy might fight you. Uh, she might. She'd probably win. <laughs> the Latina blood runs hot. So we get tasked with being his security. And again, at this, at this convention, there are different areas he has to go to, different panels, and people want to ask him about questions, you know, from everything he's ever done. And so um, this is a fairly big convention that he's at. So there's golf carts that transport them because I guess normal, normal walking is not in the cards. I don't know. Yeah. So the first we get, um, we, we take him from where he was dropped off by whatever car service took him to this convention to go from the area. He, we picked him up to this panel and in the elevator. Um, he's, he kind of mentions that he's hungry and he's thinking about lunch. And my partner mentions, hey, well, there's a really famous, well-known kind of Mexican place here in this area that's got great reviews and that, you know, you know, he could go there. And he's like, oh, that's really great. I love, you know, Mexican food, Hispanic food. I love that. And he has this yes man, this handler that was hired by whatever agency he worked for. And he said, hey, uh, you know, Mr. Stewart, I think that's a great idea, but how about room service? And he's like, well, whatever you think is best. And so, you know, basically saying, don't go out. We'll get you room service. Whatever you want, we can bring to you. So we drop him off at this panel. We're back, you know, we're kind of behind the curtains backstage. He's doing whatever. And then from there, we take him to uh, a signing where he, you know, people have purchased, you know, photocopies, uh, pictures, whatever that he's going to autograph. And there's a couple different lines. There's one line where people have paid, you know, the big bucks to get in quickly. And then there's kind of the normal line where people have paid the normal amount just to wait in line. And when it's their turn, I will never forget this. We are standing right behind him in this, he's kind of in this booth. um, And they want us close in case somebody decides to pop up with a gun or a knife or, you know, be able to kill him and make their name. So we're kind of right there, you know, just hanging back. And in the in the expedited line where they've paid more money, this lady's in a wheelchair, one of the buggies, one of the little motor jazzies. The jazzies. She yeah. has a full on jazzy and she cannot walk. But as she gets closer, she locks eyes a tractor beam with Sir Patrick Stewart. And all of a sudden she rises up out of this jazzy. She can now walk. Right. This man has healed her infirmities. Patrick Stewart is akin to Jesus. And she can now walk and she takes these like halting steps forward and lays before him a picture to autograph. And he's, oh, thank you. And he's very courteous and nice and signs this autograph. And, you know, now she kind of stumbles back. And after she has had her picture signed, she can't walk anymore. It was a very temporary yeah, fix. temporary for sure. And I was like, holy shit, people will do whatever to get an autograph. Like she could not walk previous. Now she could yeah. walk. I mean, I was kind of like. Become ambulatory. Yeah. From non-ambulatory. Ridiculous. And as it goes on, you know, we're there for a couple hours. And um, at one point he kind of just turns back and to nobody in particular, he says, I'd like a tea and some chocolates to nobody in particular. And I'm thinking like, dude, who are you talking to? Because if you're talking to me, I ain't got no tea. I ain't got no chocolates. 
Um, at the time, I was like, I can give you some Copenhagen or some Skull. <laughs> if you want to dip with me, brother, I can provide that. But that's about it. And then before I even get that thought finished, a little girl pops in. When I say little, obviously she was 20s or something, but a little assistant pops in. Boop, boop. And she has a hot cup of tea and chocolates ready for him right like there. Like right there. Right there. <laughs> I don't what? Know, I don't know if she was magical she or- She like divinated that shit. If he like was able to beam her off the ship at <laughs> no, some no. point. Do you remember those things in Star Trek? Like yeah. literally like boop, 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 and yep. like just manifest. He may have there. had one. It was like a microwave. Yeah. He may have had on one steroids. <laughs> like that, she had it. And she goes, here you go. And he goes, oh, thank you, love. And, and very nice about it. And then as the normies who paid just for the normal amount to come sign, there's this little probably eight, nine-year-old girl um, comes up to the table. And I think she's with her dad, uh, obviously, who's a, who's a huge fan. And she's just looking at this plate of chocolates. And very graciously, he's like, oh, my dear, would you like one? And she says, yes. And he lets her pick out a chocolate. He was a very nice guy. Hmm. Um you know, very courteous and, you know, to his fans, to the staff, everyone very courteous, but also had the healing powers of Jesus wow. at some time. That's impressive. I It was impressive to me. That's and so that was, but I said, like, that was the first time I realized some of these celebrities, they're not normal. They're not treated normal. No. I mean, how would it be just to reach back and be like, I'd like whatever. And somebody just comes, boom, you've got Dude, it right there. Are you kidding me? I would abuse the hell out of that power. Yeah. More than he did. Because I'd be like, yo, I need a cheeseburger and a Coke, and it would manifest. And I'd be doing that probably, like, you know, 10 times a day. Yeah. And I'd probably be like 8,000 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And But they would have the golf cart to drag you around to whatever you're going to. <laughs> they need a forklift. Um, and I, and I, I don't mean to monopolize the the topic here, but again, I'm not tired of listening to you talk, bro. I was I was that. very fortunate to be able to get in some of these positions, and one of them, again, another convention, um, none other than Stan Lee came to our fair city in this convention. Um, hey, for all of you peeps out there who don't know who Stan Lee is, Stan Lee is basically the creator of Marvel. Marvel, yeah. So all Spider Man, all these guys, guys are all Iron getting Man. wet over. It, that's Stan Lee's. He has a cameo pretty much since he's been alive. Yeah. When they started making, he has a cameo in every movie. Granted, he's dead now. He's but. dead now, but the old, the old kind of uh, grandpa looking guy with the mustache. Yeah, everybody knows Stan Lee, right? You would hope. Him. I do. I yeah. think that you know that's the majority, something. but I don't want to assume that everybody yeah. does. But so he's yeah, the he's the brain behind this universe that everyone yeah. loves, the Marvel all universe. All these comics. And so um, he he shows up, and again, he's at this at this time, he's very late in his life. It was probably three or four years before he died. So he's like right around 90, just after 90. I don't he, know. Like mid-90s when he died, I think. I don't 95, know. Was it late 80s or 90s? No, he died in his mid-90s. Jocelyn? Pretty sure. What, do you, what have you got for us, Jocelyn? He was 95. Told so, you. Yeah. The, the damn, homie. Yeah. So he was probably at this point. At this point, probably 90. 90. Um, very spry. Still very yeah, spry. For sure. He seemed like he was like still with it. Yeah. So uh, obviously, um, they have a kind of a different section for him, for people who want to come and see him. And like it, maybe this was, so what year did he die? Like 2018. Oh, oh, fuck. It's been so this years. is probably like 2013. So there's still all the Marvel stuff is going on. He's still big, right? At this time. You know, a lot of the Marvel Marvel stuff is coming out. He's big. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Huge. so they kind of have a separate area for all the Marvel people, all the people who want to come see Because that's the biggest 
That's, draw. Well, that's one of the biggest draws right there. For sure. The the brain behind all this, yeah, right? Of course. Well, just Marvel in itself is the yeah. biggest draw, probably. So he's he's separate from all the other people coming to this convention, and they normally there was like a, a they called it like a green room or you know the green space where all these you know if, if celebrities came to this convention they could get away they could go sit down they had food they had drinks they had you know couches they and it was all away from the public nobody could get in there and so you know after you're signing we, we call those nowadays we call those safe spaces safe spaces they were so safe um except for me because they had food in there and i'm a hungry oh, boy damn. i'm a hungry boy and you better believe no one was stopping me from chowing down. No Stan Lee, even Mr. Ferrigno. When I'm hungry, I'm hungry. I've seen it. So, again, my my wonderful companion and I were security. <laughs> Is it the same one? Same one. Holy again, mackerel. And if you saw him. You guys him, can join twins? Holy shit. We were, we, Yeah. Absolutely. And again, if you saw him, you think, why is Gary Busey and Ryan Reynolds, why are they dressed up in this cop uniform? So the cop we, buddy movie, cop buddy. So we, we are kind of there as he's signing autographs. And again, people are coming up to him and, you know, and again, I get it. Some of these people who they've lived their lives through these Marvel comics, Marvel movies, they eat, sleep and drink. Yes. This shit. They're in their mom's basement and they're recording all these things, watching these things, living these things. Not only that, but they show up at the convention, like dressed up like these people, dressed right? Dressed up, yeah. What do they call that? When you like dress it? Cosplay. They're Cos- cosplaying. Cosplay. I was they're say, cosplaying. I was going to say Nerdvana. <laughs> um, Hold no. on. Once again, you're alienating like half of our fan base. I didn't say it was bad. Nirvana, nerd, nerd? Nirvana is not a Dude, bad Honestly, thing. I'll tell you right now, I nerd out on some shit. So these people are are coming and again he's great he's very nice very gracious very kind and so then he has a panel where he's going to discuss whatever uh you know panel with stanley and so we take him from you know the place where he's signing to the panel and i happen to notice that this dude is stanley he's wearing like normal clothes like like new balance shoes a like members he, only jacket. He like was he, the last member of the members only. He had a members only jacket. Like he just got done shopping at Walmart. He just got done shopping. Uh, like if you didn't know who he was and you saw him in a crowd, you're thinking he's just your normal retire retiree grandpa hanging out. And you know, you know, nothing extravagant or you know flagrant, just very normal. So we take him to this panel and we're again we stand kind of off in the rafters, off in the sides. And he walks up there and, you know, the first thing he says is, hey, guys, you know, and like I said, this is back when Marvel's getting big. You know, the Avengers, all these things are coming out, the Avengers. Really like mid-cycle, just yeah. starting to pop off. But he says, hey, guys, just so you know, if you want to talk about anything in the Marvel universe that's happened in the last mm, 25 years, I have no clue. What? Yeah. He says, I can talk about the origins and all the stuff I did. Sure. But... Since then, you know, they don't really involve me. For instance, one of his big characters, Spider-Man, Peter Parker. Yeah. He can talk about some of his origins sure. and some of his, you know, the stuff he wrote in back in the 60s, 60s when he 70s. was creating this sure. character. Yeah. But, you know, from the late 80s, early 90s, he's like, I have no idea because I, they don't tell me. I just, you know, I'm I'm the, the mastermind behind this. I just signed the checks. I just signed the checks. 
So, you know, and again, a lot of these people in the audience attending this panel are probably in their teens and 20s and they're like, what? what? And they don't. So we, he goes they through this. They can't understand why he doesn't know every damn detail yeah. about every damn thing. So again, he goes through this panel. Then we take him back to the signing area. And he has to have, right behind it, they had a special green room just for him. Had a little cot, you know, some things just for him. You know, he got tired, took a nap. Instead of having him to walk to a different green room area, he would go to his own little space, the stand space. And so, you know, he's rested up and now he's back signing autographs. And again, me and my partner are there. And just, you know, these, and again, these people are paying hundreds of dollars to meet Stan Lee for an autograph for an autograph. He has this table in front of him and, and you could bring your own item to be autographed or you could purchase an item at his table to be autographed. And so again, my partner was just like, Hey, you know, this is really cool. People are paying hundreds of dollars. What would it cost for just, you know, what, what do you guys, cause we didn't know the prices at the time. People are just, they've, they've prepaid somewhere, right. have a little ticket, they hand it off, they walk up, he signs whatever, or they have a ticket and they walk up and say, I want to I purchase that to get signed, whatever. They purchase it and they get it signed. So my partner just asked, hey, what would it cost for a couple normal Joes like us to have an item signed? And to his credit, Stan Lee was like, nothing. You guys have been with me the whole day. You guys are great. Pick something from the table. I'll sign it, no problem. That's cool. I was kind of taken aback. So I got a comic book in one of the short little, I mean, it wasn't like a rare edition or anything, special edition, but short little comic books. And I got a signed by Stan Lee. That's he picked cool. a poster. My partner picked a poster, signed Stan Lee. That's cool. And again, you know. Just a cool dude. Just a cool, just a cool guy. And, you, you know, you tend to think of these people as not just normal because of how lauded they are and how they're held up in high esteem. Well, they're celebrities, but sure. when you're around them, you just, these are just normal people yeah, uh, who have a different sort of job. And some of them kind of go off the deep end. Uh, you know, you get away with murder shooting Alec Baldwin. That's you, dog. <laughs> um, but some of them are just normal people who realize like, I, you know, I'm just, a normal person. You're a normal person. Um, let's just have a normal conversation. Let's just be normals. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they crave that, to be honest with you. Some people crave that. Some people absolutely crave some that. Some people love the power. Some people love the power. And I can think of one instance, and it, and it necessarily wasn't they love the power, but they just, I mean, for years, if you're a celebrity, you just, hey, I want this. I want that. And it happens. Somebody materializes with whatever you've suggested. I want a burger. Like they got a freaking genie. They've got a on genie. retainer. And so, so I think some people just kind of get used to having that that ability to be like, this is what I want. And one of the people that I can remember, um, not that he was being an ass or he was kind of being anything untoward, um, was was Chris Evans. For those Captain you, America. Captain hold on, America. Hold on. No, no, no. Human Torch. The Human Torch. The Human Torch. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, he wasn't necessarily being an ass, but it's one of those things where you, what you see on the movies and in TV shows and all, it's different than real life, which was a shock to me because this was far after the Mr. Ferrigno incident because Lou kept it tight. Lou, 
I guarantee you, if, if I took Lou to the gym, he could put up 315, no problem. Yeah, yeah no problems. 400 pounds easily. Yeah, for sure. He still kept it tight. He's not He's not just show no go. He's oh, no. all go, too. He, he's all go. Yeah. He's the steak and the sizzle. For sure. So, and then you look at these Marvel movies, you know, Captain America, the Avengers, and you see Chris Evans as... I'm thinking like, oh shit, this he guy's like yoked in six jokes. four. He can, you know, he can put up five hundred pounds, no problem. Yeah. And I'm thinking this dude is a big guy. When I meet him, I'm like, holy shit! Did like w- was there some sort of virus that you've contracted? Because he was probably like five eight, five ten. Serious? Maybe like one thirty, one forty. Shut your. I'm mouth. not joking. Are you exaggerating? No, no. one thirty, bro. Skinny. So, do you remember the first Captain America? Yeah. What, before he takes the serum and yeah. he gets all jacked after he takes the mm-hmm. serum. Before he takes the serum, he's like a freaking scrawny little dude. Yeah. Do yeah. you look like that? He he looked like kind of like that, but I mean, obviously a little bit a little bit better fed. But I was I was shocked. I was like, "Holy shit!" He's teeny. Right then, I was like, "I could I could pick up Captain America and toss him across the room." <laughs> Use him like a javelin. Yeah. And again, he was a very, I mean, he was a nice guy, but I still remember like he was, we were had to take him from one location in this convention to another and, uh, in transit, he had to take a piss because he's human. Sure. And if, you know, if you're not a human, if you're an alien listening, we have to excrete feces and urine. Oh my gosh. Because. Thank you. Chris Evans' manager at this time didn't believe that, and so what he, he goes in to take a piss, and he asked me, "You're tall. We need you to stand in front of the men's room sign, so people don't get a picture of him in the bathroom." And I'm like, "How the shit is that relevant to protecting his life? Because people piss, people shit from time to time. Yeah, in and TPs." Peepees, you fall in sometimes, you're not a shit boy, what ha- what have you. But so I literally had to stand like my back against the bathroom sign in case somebody there wanted to snap a photo of Chris Evans, of Chris going Evans the bathroom. taking a piss. Oh my gosh. And I was like, I guess. And uh, again, and it wasn't Chris Evans who was like, don't let anyone see me pissing. It's his handler. It's his handler. These handlers, and that's uh, probably the real problem. Yeah. Um, again, Linking back to Miss or Sir Patrick Stewart, in transit, as human nature, he felt the urge. He says, I have to use the bathroom. And he says it in his accent. Um, and so he's on this golf cart. And so we teetle by a bathroom. And his hand says, okay, we'll go here. He looks at me and my partner and says, go clear it out. Who did? The handler? The handler. I'm thinking like, what do you mean go clear it out? Like, is there a bomb threat in there? Or they're like... <laughs> terrorists or somebody in there like trying to kill him some terries up in there and yeah the draxim's clowns bro he had to fireboard the mother jammers (laughs) and so i'm like well you know people can use the bathroom he's like well we just don't want any photos taken because you know obviously they're thinking that if if he goes to the bathroom someone's gonna try to snatch a photo snap a dick pic or do something embarrassing just because that would be their 15 minutes or whatever so I'm like, okay. So I go in and it's like, hey, you know, if you're not actively using the bathroom, we have somebody who needs a little bit of privacy. If you're willing to leave the area, please leave the area. Sure. Most people clear out. Did you get any pretty pushback? Much, no. Everyone's like, yeah, okay. And there's only like four people in there. Yeah. So like, cool. We got it. We're about leaving anyway. So I'm thinking he said, I, you know, I need to use the facilities. 
I'm thinking he needs to go number one. I think he needs to lay some steam, just piss out, and he's yeah. good. So we go back and say, hey, it's clear. And he comes in, and he had cowboy boots on. I was pretty impressed. Sir Patrick Stewart? Sir Patrick Stewart, a British cowboy. Cowboy boots, So huh? he, we're like, hey, it's ready. You can go in. And so he goes in, and he walks, and all of a sudden he's walking past the first urinal, the second urinal, the third urinal. He bypasses them all, and he goes to the stalls. There's only one reason to go to the stalls, and that's because you got to lay some cable. Yeah. And so sure enough, he walks in, and my partner and I sat there while, while Sir Patrick Stewart just duked out. So have no fear. His duke was secure. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did you get any pictures? I can neither confirm <laughs> pictures or didn't nor happen. deny that that. Pictures that there, or didn't happen. I can neither confirm nor deny that there's a picture floating around floating. of Sir Patrick Stewart's cowboy boots in a stall, <laughs> and I'm laughing. I can neither confirm nor deny that. Nice. But again, it's just, you know, I think people tend to revere celebrities because you see them on TV, you see them on movies, they're in these roles, they're playing these characters, and whether it's a badass character, a funny character, you, you kind of tend to forget that that's just a character. That's not who they really are. Yeah. That's a, that's an act they're playing. Yeah. But again, it's it's been it's been an interesting time to see you know how people are treated and some way some of the celebrities act. And I've you know I've dealt with some celebrities who um were straight up assholes. Yeah. And, that's not surprising. And I'm like one of them, and I'm not afraid to say it, Danny Glover. And Once again, not surprising. And it's hard for me because I grew up watching Lethal Weapon. Love that show. Riggs and Murtaugh. Love that show. And that's one of the reasons I became a cop because I grew up watching these shows where cops were the heroes. They go in, they stop the bad guys, they help people, and they do it in style. Yeah. And again, I'm like, you know kind of awestruck like hey this is the dude this is the dude who you were you know you were watching growing up who was the hero saving people and turns out to be kind of a dick you know it's funny you hear those stories from time to time where it's like i was so excited to meet my you know my hero and then when they meet him they're like complete let down yeah you know and and is it because the person's a dick? Maybe. Is maybe, it because they're maybe tired had a of bad day? With, I don't know. Maybe they're tired of dealing with the public. Very, there's a multitude of options yeah, that absolutely. could explain. But, again, but that, you know, is that is that an excuse? You know, I'd like to say yes because I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But also, you dealt with those people who were super famous. They weren't yeah. douchebags. Yeah. So it's like, and I've like I said, I've dealt with a fair few people who were pretty famous. Um. And most of them have turned out to be kind of genuinely nice people. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, more than anything, it's just two people having a conversation. Again, I've dealt with people who like, hey, I love being in this area. Uh, you know, I love the weather. I love everything. And I can relate with that and just have a normal conversation. And so, you know, you don't feel like you're talking to a celebrity. You feel like you're talking just a normal person. Right. And again, you know, some of these people who have been in movies and TVs and you, you revere and they're up there on the big screen and they're winning awards and, you know, receiving these accolades and world famous and anyone could, you know, you could drop them off in the middle of the, the damn Sahara desert and, you know, 
somebody out there would recognize them. Right. Um, and they just, you know, they're just very normal, down to earth people. And it kind of, it kind of grounds you as like, hey, they're they're no better than me. Yeah, they get paid a lot more. You know, they have a different job, but they realize like, I'm not better than you. I just have a different job than you. And so, and again, like I said, and then I've worked with the opposite where these people think their shit don't stink and, you know, I'm better than you because somebody pays me millions of dollars to put my face up on a screen somewhere and, you know, that, that makes me better than you. Right. All right. So I've got a story. This had not really anything to do with me on, on duty, but it did have to do with me being a police officer. So... Uh, where we work, we take our vehicles home. We don't have like a fleet program per se where we like are running cars 24-7. You take your car home. Yeah. Officer take-home programs, right? So you take your car home, park it in your driveway. It's your car until they decide to give you a new car, whatever. So we live there for two and a half years. You know, nondescript little place. Uh, you know, park my car outside. We didn't have no garage or anything like that. So park my car outside. Everybody in the world can see that I'm a police officer working for a city, whatever. Uh, didn't have any problems though, you know, good enough area that didn't have to worry about that too much. But, uh, in moves a, a new set of neighbors and the new neighbors come out of their house. Literally they live next door. They come out of their house, come walking over to me to introduce themselves, which I'm like, ah, that's cool. Very neighborly. Very neighborly. Awesome. So they just yeah. moved in, come over and say, Hey man, what's up? Uh, you know, I just moved in over here. Uh, just to let you know that we like to party, we throw ragers and, uh, you know, we see that you're a police officer. So we hope that's not going to be a problem. Uh, you know, if we get too crazy, <clears throat> instead of calling the police or, you know, calling your buddies out to take care of the problem, would you mind just, you know, telling us to turn it down and we'll be happy to oblige. Very neighborly. Very neighborly. And I said, you know what, bro, that's cool. I will absolutely do that. So at this time, you just see an individual. You're like, they like to party. Yeah. Yeah, no no big deal. No big deal, right? I don't know who the hell this guy is. And he's like, hey, man, so, you know, I'm I'm Damian Lillard. D-Lil. Yeah, D-Lil plays for Portland, Portland Trailblazers, yeah. right? Like one of the best players in all the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> so he, like, introduces himself, and I'm like, freaking, okay, cool, dude. Like, I don't know who the hell you are. Like, it doesn't matter to me, whatever. And he didn't even act like I should know who he is, but I don't know who the hell he is. And I'm like, cool, you know, thanks. And he said, you know, we're going to be partying all the time. I don't know if you like to party, but you're more than welcome to come over here and, and hang out with us. And partay. Yeah, you know, come party with us. And I was like, okay, cool, bro, thanks, man. You know, we got time, or, you know, if the mood feels right, you know, come over and hang out, whatever. Never took them up on the offer. And, you know, I work nights, so their parties never bugged me. Uh, I never really even heard them. Did you, did you notice them, Joss? So he actually came over to me. I was trying to get the air mattress out of the back of Jake's truck because we'd gone to the drive-in the night before, and I was kind of struggling so he and his friend came over and they helped me and they're like, hey, we're throwing a party tonight. I hope it's not going to bother you. I was like, nope, not going to bother me. But I got up to get a drink and in the kitchen that was by their house, it was like vibrating. It was so loud. Our house, like you could feel the music. I was like, oh, I had no idea. Some of that bass. Yeah. We, you know, lived next door to each other for, you know, months, six, eight months, whatever it was. And then... uh we actually were going to move away and I guess they were moving away at the same time and we were loading our stuff up and he was freaking cool as cool, man. 
he said, Hey man, you know, we're moving out. Thanks for being such cool neighbors. Uh, you know, if I can, I'll, I'll sign some stuff for your kids. Merch, whatever. Yeah. And so Joss had some brothers and they're like, are you kidding me? Damien Lillard. We'd love to have some stuff signed by him. So they came over and he signed a bunch of stuff. Good on him, man. He was a cool ass dude. And I've always been a fan of his. I don't really watch NBA, but you know, wish him luck obviously because he was such a cool ass dude. That's, that's really cool. That's pretty cool. You talk about not being able to go to the grocery store when you're that famous. And my family and I, we were in New Hampshire and we were just driving, kind of doing like a little day trip out there. And we stopped by this pharmacy to go to the bathroom, kind of a pit stop. And I changed my one-year-old's diaper at the time. My sister took him out of the bathroom. And then I came out and I was looking for my sister and who had my baby. And I asked my brother, you know, where is she? And he's like, Steven Tyler's here. I'm like, that's cool. Where's my kid though where's my child i thought he was saying a doppelganger i turned the corner and there is steven tyler with my son and my sister and i was like oh wow that is steven tyler but he was he was looking rough we're in the pharmacy looks like a lady yeah so you're just at like a a no-name nowhere farm i mean you're just like cvs cvs in the middle of nowhere pop in and again, you said yeah, you're with just, your, your whole family. Yeah, my whole family. And there's a big family there. Yeah, so we're we're talking to him, and it's me, my sister, my son, my brother-in-law, and his daughter. So there's a group of us. And then the rest of my family comes walking up. But I have a big family. And you could see the panic in his eyes. Like he, So he just tore his ACL, and that's what he's telling us. He tore his ACL. He's there picking up his medicine. He's with his daughter, and he sees all these people coming to him. And he starts to panic. So he, he's, he's getting he doesn't, mobbed. He, he doesn't thinks, know that you guys are together. No, he's thinking like this group. He's of like, oh no, groupies. The groupies are coming to to snatch me. Yeah, and he's got a cane, and he's and my brother in law's like, oh, that's our family. And he just totally relaxes. He's like, we're all together. This is just we're just one group. And so he starts asking all about our family. And he was really cool. He stayed and talked to my family for a while in the parking lot. Um, my brother-in-law is from Italy, and I guess that he is of Italian descent, and he had a lot of, to talk to him about, but he was just there picking up his medicine. You know, what would be running to the pharmacy to get some medicine could turn a into trip, yeah. Getting an home. ordeal. Yeah. I'm going to add a couple deeds to that story. Yeah. So, so Wait, hold on. That's Jocelyn's perspective. She's there with your son yeah. and her family. Yeah. Family trip. Yeah. Runs into Steven Tyler, yeah. who... Arguably one of the most famous artists, rock and roll artists in the world. For sure. Right? Everyone knows Steven Tyler. Uh, his flamboyant yeah, outfits, sure. his crazy shows. This Big is a new... mouth. Yeah. So this is... That's like his most telltale feature. Oh, yeah. So this mouth. is her side. She runs into yeah. him. So now this is... That's Jocelyn's side. Cut to your side. I'm not on vacation with these guys. Joss and I had an agreement. We'd gone on a few vacations with her fam. I told her the next time we go on vacation, it needs to be me and her. And You want that quality. Yeah, I wanted some quality time, time, right? Yeah. So I told her next time we go on vacay, it needs to be me and her. So I come home from work one morning. And she's like, hey, 
hey, my family's going to travel. We're going to go to New Hampshire, see blah, blah, blah. Do you want to go? My mom loves like a lighthouse. We can see some lighthouses. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool, bro. The lighthouse like, tour of America. Yeah. Let's I was go. Like, I was like, uh, yeah, I thought no. we had an agreement. Next time we go on vacation, it's going to be me and you. She's like, well, I don't want to miss this opportunity. My mom and dad are going to pay for this and this and this. And I said, that's fine. You can go on vacation. But if you go on vacation, I'm going to go on vacation and it ain't going to be to the East Coast. I'm going to go to like Vegas. And she was like, you are not going to Vegas. I said, yes, I'm going to Vegas. So it was my birthday. <laughs> me and a buddy and my bro and his buddy, we all went to Vegas and like partied in Vegas for like four or five days. Well, meanwhile, they're, you know, chilling out on the East Coast, running to Steven Tyler. You know, I don't know this. I'm in Vegas partying it up. And Joss hits me up. She's like, hey, look who we ran into and sends me a picture on the phone. So I get the pic and it's like her and my kid, my one-year-old, and some freaking old ass lady who's like holding my kid. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, who the frick? Grandma Sycamore. Yeah, I'm like, who the frick is this old ass lady holding my child? And why is my wife sending me this freaking picture of this old ass lady holding my kid? And I sent Joss back a text. I'm like, who the hell's the old lady? And (laughs) Joss responds back, that's Steven Tyler, you know, the lead singer of Aerosmith. And I look at the picture and I, you know, get closer to it and bring it closer to my face. And I was like, holy shit, that is Steven Tyler. It looked like an old ass lady. Yeah, dude. It looked like an old ass lady. I was flabbergasted. I said, I cannot believe that's freaking Steven Tyler. Are you freaking kidding me how this happened? And she like told me the story that she just told all you guys. So it was kind of silly that obviously I thought it was some old lady holding my child and it ended up being Steven Tyler at a CBS. So that was that's kind of silly. That's crazy. Kind of like the the storyline that we're kind of going with, babe. This is, uh, you know, Steven Tyler seemed like he was a pretty cool dude, right? Yeah, Just he was. normal, like granted, especially when he found out it wasn't the mob coming to get him, that it was just like your family, just which is kind family. of like a mob. Uh, he was you know, he chilled out and was just cool with you guys and chatted you up. That's cool. Yeah. Steven it Tyler. Cool. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast speaking about all of our encounters we've had with the numerous celebrities. We appreciate you guys listening. Remember, you can listen to us on our website, domesticatedsavages.com. Become members. That's the best place to get us. Absolutely the best place. It helps me keep track of everything that's going on so I can continue to push out the content to everybody as best as we possibly can. And it helps to pay for lap dances for the big guy over here. So keep hitting those buttons. Hit those buttons. Subscribe. Remember, Stay savage. B-roll. I believe I requested the hand jab wrestle.